You're still listening to the Saturday Morning Show. We're having a great time. I am absolutely having a fantastic Saturday morning. Uh, it's time for the Rethinking Lagos show, and uh, we have our guest joining us via the telephone. Remember that the by-election is going on in different parts of Lagos, and there's been, you know, restriction of movement. So, you know, we're, it's going to be do, we're going to be doing this via the telephone, and he's on the line right now. We're going to be looking at the books that we've been talking about for a few weeks, uh, debunking myth and stereotypes. And our guest this morning is none other than Mr. D. Uh, good morning, sir. How are you doing? Good morning, Kafaya. I'm it's doing great. Doing great. It's good to have you join us today. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about the book. And the uh, first question I have for you is, what exactly inspired writing? Writing of the book? What, what, what was the inspiration? Okay, so the reason why we decided that Rethinking Cities to put this book together um, was simply because of um, we've looked over time. Um, there has been some old patterns of thinking mm-hmm. that, um, that has been going around for a while. You know, a whole lot of times when you hear public office holders speak, there are certain things that they throw out there that um, we kind of sat down with researchers to say, aka, okay, hey, are these things really, really true? Or are these things really the issue? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for, for instance, um, Lagos, before you start any discussion about Lagos, the first thing you start hearing is, oh, a lot of people coming to Lagos every day. Lagos is overpopulated. Yeah. Too many people. Oh, it is a um, hundred people every hour that comes. You have people tripping in every single day. It does, you know. So these things kind of appear as uh, what I call convenient troops. Mm-hmm. And I stand, these are some of the things that you can easily just make mention of and um, take away the attention from the real issue, uh, which sometimes is, oh, just lack of infrastructure, basically. Yeah. Over the years, you know, you, you, it's just like a man um, who has five children and you don't have provisions for them. To take care of them, yeah. You're taking care of them. Then you know, say, oh, I have too many children. You, you understand? And, so, you know, some of these things, um, some of these convenient truths are and it, so much rest on um, the informal sector. Mm. Um, when I say the informal sector, I'm referring to artisans, people um, who are into the, 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 the D part of the community. Of the the blue-collar jobs, yeah. Artisans, um, tailors, roadside traders, and co. You know, a whole lot of our policy change is you have governments that are so quick to try to come up with policies, yeah. particularly against this um, sector, yeah. making it not functional creating the impression that the reason why you have this problem is because these people exist. Mm. You, you understand? And so take, for instance, the issue of cat pushers. Yeah. You know, like, oh, no, no, it's because they are there. That is why the, the waste management is not effective. But really, is that the case? So it is just for us to challenge old thinking and begin to make government, um, policymakers, general, general public, to be aware that um, we have to begin to rethink um, our approach to how we do things, yeah, yeah. So that's what um, initiated the writing of this book. Mm. So I know that the book you have a lot of contributors, right? For yes. eight chapters, you had people. How did you pick them? How did you select them, the contributors? Okay, so what we've done basically is to reach out to um, people who who are researchers, mm-hmm. who are social workers. Um, people who work in the NGO space, mm-hmm. um, people who have even worked in government. Uh, what we did was just to reach out to them and um, 
give us their own opinion on these issues. Mm. Most critically is the fact that we, we, we have articles written by people from the CSOs society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's very, very, so particularly when you're talking about the informal sector, it is very, very important for you to always get the perspective of people who work with these guys on ground. Mm. You understand the, on ground on a daily basis. They don't have a better insight into the current situation. They have a better insight into yeah. the current situation. Mm-hmm. Not some people who not 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 um, you know sometimes some government officials or you know people in the public space generally come up with some assumptions as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you understand. But really, the people who work with these guys, what is on ground? What do you feel? You're talking about people who work with communities. Yeah. They exist in this yeah. community. Because what you hear as a convenient truth is that, oh, that place that you see over there, that you have poor people living on water, mm-hmm. they are all criminals. But you don't live among them, so you can't yeah. really tell, and you don't know. So, but, okay, let us hear from people who work with them on a daily basis mm-hmm. to carry out activities. Uh, in those places, who we'll go there to do some social work? Yeah, it's seen. Are they all crim- are there criminals there? Yeah, is that true? Mm-hmm. And people who have had discussions with people in the informal sector, traders, uh, market women, people who go to work with them, who, who understudy them. So, it, it, and it speaks to what we advocate for that um, in policy formulation for government for a state like Lagos yeah. it's very very important that you get people who are people who are working with the grassroots mm. work with the grassroots and come up with solutions so what we have as a challenge is that we always have the top down solution so from government handed down to the people yeah. solution, rather than looking at solutions from down up yeah. meeting with the people and pushing up um, the policy to the top, you know. We've been, we've been at this for God knows how many years. Why are we still singing the same song? Why are things not changing? I said if you keep doing the same thing the same way, you never get a different result. De- definitely, that is, that is the challenge. So every year you hear of demolitions of shanties. Every year. What are you doing as an alternative to provide yes, shelter sir. for these people? Every year, you hear of um, street traders being kicked out of the street. Yeah. Um, it happens over and over again. Mm-hmm. For every administration, the last administration, the one before, the present one, the coming one is going to do. So what we ask government is, okay, why don't you sit down and let us rethink this, th- this approach? Mm-hmm. And it does basically the same thing. Yeah. You come into power... The first thing you hear is, oh, this place has been demolished. They are displaced from their homes, yeah. Yeah, the interesting thing is that you de- you, de- uh, you, you demolish shanties. The people move, they don't leave Lagos. They remain in Lagos. They move. So, you see, so the, the, the advocacy or the call is basically, come on, can you rethink this sector, this this informality that we are talking about? Mm-hmm. It even is argued that... Um, what we say informality is not actually informality because there's a whole lot of formality in these places. Yeah. Uh, in those these places you call shanties, you have ballets, you have kings, they have rulers, they have rules. You understand? Yeah. They have association, they mm-hmm. have leadership. So yeah. so sometimes people will say, what do you mean that they're informal? You understand? There is a level of organization that goes on. Goes into exactly, there's, yeah. There's, a, there's an opportunity for, for engagement. Mm-hmm. And that is what we keep saying, that Lagos is made largely of 
informality, 60 to 70 percent of Lagos activity on a daily basis is yeah. informality. Street traders, um, transporters, and mechanics, and mm-hmm. all of that. So a whole lot of rethinking needs to go into this because if you get it right with these people, you're probably going to have a better city. Yes. You know? yeah. So basically, that that's what that's about. Yes, you are. You can if you have a question for our guests, you can send a message to the WhatsApp number zero eight one seven three one three six one nine three zero eight one seven three one three six one nine three. So what areas exactly are of urban planning does the book focus on? Okay, so, yeah, um, we basically looked, I've, I've spoken much about that, we basically looked at um, informality mm-hmm. as, as a sector. Yeah. So we have write-ups on um, waste management, street trading, um, and the likes of that, and the other part borders on um, infrastructural development um, within the state. So, where, when we talk about uh, infrastructural development and also gender, there's an article on um, also the perspective that women are the weaker sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, and also infrastructural development. So the 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 meet around. Oh, okay, in Lagos, like you see now, um, they, they are repairing roads, they are building bridges. Does this really mean development? Mm. Do you understand? Yeah. Um, yeah, to a, a large extent, uh, that that speaks to a level of development. But we should never forget the key elements of. Um, delivering infrastructure on time and in good cost yes so yes. if you don't deliver on time mm-hmm. you don't deliver in good cost it's not development in itself yeah and if, if you have to build a real project for 10 years one real project i mean <laughs> is that really development delayed is denial yes exactly cost yes so yes how open how transparent are this project are, are they are being delivered on the right cost you know, so you, you're calling for transparency in government, but also laying emphasis on even things that are not infrastructural development, for instance. You're talking about education and health. You know, in the, during the pandemic now, we, we could clearly see the, the poor state of our health care system and all of that. Particularly, there, there, there was a big um, fear that, oh, what if this pandemic gets into this informal place, uh, informal settlements that we have all over the city? Where, where is the healthcare system to back them up? Uh, access to water became, you know, it became very, very clear that we are lacking in, in, in these areas. You, you understand? So it is not development. People shouldn't get into power yeah. and think that, oh, okay, oh, we're building bridges, we're building, we're uh, constructing roads, and definitely, oh, this means development. Yeah. That's key aspect of the or, or that, that you need to really look at the educational system. How many people are going to public schools right now? You know, the situation we have on ground is such that people are just going to private schools and public school is... It has been abandoned, yeah. If you can afford a private school, you go to a private school. Unfortunately, the ones that can afford are left with what yeah, I, is... Yeah. Went to a public school in in in, in, in the nineties. I mean, it, it was still a thing of pride for you to conveniently say, "Okay, I was uh, that I, I am attending a public school." Yeah, that, that is something that does that doesn't exist, exist right anymore. Now. 
right, so the aftermath of, uh, you know, the NSAS protest has been a call for youths to get involved. If you want change, it's difficult for you to fight for change from the outside. You need to get inside and be part of the system. So how exactly, uh, you know, how useful do you think your book is going to be for young people who are aspiring to get into politics? 2023 is around the corner, so. Yeah, yeah. So that's a very, very key and uh, important issue. Mm-hmm. It, is, um, it is something that we need to start speaking to our young people. Of course, the political sh- consciousness of our young people has, has risen, you understand? But also you need to back it up with knowledge and um, understanding of what exists in the situ, uh, what you have as the situation. So these books provide you a platform for you to understand, for instance, in a mega city like Lagos, mm-hmm. what exists and the kind of um, um, thinking that we should have as an approach. Yeah. Quite a number of young people that we've had read this book were like, oh my God, like, um, th- I used to think this way, like I, I used to think, um, oh, this, this, is, this is correct, you know, but now I have a better understanding. Yeah. Your young guy told me once that he, um, whenever he sees green space in Lagos, you just look at it and say to himself, oh, um, you know, just bring me money and we build estates, you know. But having the right perspective to things like climate change, that, okay, in a city like Lagos, you still need green spaces. Mm-hmm. So, uh, green spaces, you know, to, for its um, climate, climate needs and all of that, yeah. uh, preventing flooding and mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. So knowledge is quite important. It is not enough um, for you to uh, for you to agitate, but also for you to have content yeah. of having an, a good understanding of the issues that exist in waste management, housing, transportation, and together we all can become a voice for policy change. Yes. You know, it is not just uh, about clamoring you know when you say you want to show us okay so (laughs) exactly (laughs) you know you are not just going to show us okay you have to say something um and we we need to begin to challenge our policymakers like you rightly said today is election you know so what are the legislators you're going to be a legislator yes what are you going to legislate what was your legislation going to be about Mm mm-hmm you understand? Are you going to be talking about local government autonomy? Are you going to be fighting for that? Mm-hmm. You, you, you understand? Are you going to look at the laws? What are the laws that have been made that that, that are not consistent? We have we have a law in Lagos State um, waste management sector that actually outlaws informality wow. in the waste management um, sector. Wow. So it is actually they are actually outlawed. You know. So, but you as a young person that wants to go into governance, you need to know about all these things mm-hmm. and begin to have an understanding of the issue so that you can know what you want to challenge. Yes. You know, such laws should be changed. Such laws, should, we should look at it. and Take a second look at it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What is the role of informality mm-hmm. in, in this space? You understand? These people feel a large vacuum in the, in the waste management space in the city of Lagos. So why should you outlaw them? So these are the things we need to ask. We should get to know and begin to ask our lawmakers and say, hey, what are you doing there? What are you challenging? Mm. What solution are you preferring? Yeah. Hmm. All right. So from the book, from uh, from the book, uh, Debunking Myth and... um uh, 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 what should be the focus of Lagos State Government in her urban development for remaining years of this present administration? We have how many years left in this administration? What should be the primary focus? 
Yeah, the, the, the primary focus, like I had said earlier on, is the fact that um, we need to begin to rethink informality in, in, in the state. Mm. Yes, and, and begin to work towards a situation um, whereby we make this sector thrive and not to kill it and not to criminalize it. Yeah. You understand? Informality in housing, informality in, um, uh, in waste management, you know, there are several cities all over the world who are beginning to rethink. You know, everything is not an um, ultra-modern market. Yeah. Like we always say. Mm-hmm. You understand? There's a place for local markets, you know. So it is not all about you building shopping malls that the people cannot afford. Um, to shop afford. You understand? There's something about traditional local markets that we begin, that we should begin to, 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 to look at and think about critically like for instance in you know developed countries you have stores for low-income earners and you also have stores for high-income earners as well so everybody is catered for if you cannot afford something of this price you can go to this store you have stores like target and the rest abroad and you have the high-end one as well for high earners uh you know there as well and, and it's about giving recognition that you recognize that there is a need for this take for instance mechanics yeah you know, a whole lot of mechanic workshops in Lagos is one demolition or chasing them. The other, yes. Or, or the other. But, okay, all the new computerized... So, imagine a city like Lagos now. You are thinking about, okay, oh, Lagos mega city. We want, we rather want uh, computerized mechanic workshops and all of that. How many people can afford Can afford, that? exactly. How many people can afford that? <laughs> so you, you, you have to really, really sit down. Sometimes to government, it's like you're saying, um, um, oh, we should condone um, things that are not, uh, you know, this is not our vision. You know, like the governor of Lagos said that main venture, they want to make Lagos the next Dubai. No, Lagos cannot be the next Dubai. What we want is the next Lagos, not, not, not Dubai. Because you, the you, truth... Uh, yeah, I to you. No, sorry to interrupt you. Because the truth is, people of that class will always feel neglected because it feels like they're not, they're never taken into consideration when things like this are done. And when they decide to revolt and fight back, it's total chaos for everyone. Yeah, you see, you see, if you if you build a society that is not that if you're running on something that does not build equality. That is giving everybody a chance in the, in the society, a society that is inclusive. Um, you know, you're creating chaos for yourself yeah. in the future. Mm-hmm. You understand? Because one day the people themselves will, will just want to rise and speak up. Mm-hmm. And they, they want to challenge the system. And the result of that may not be so, may, may not be good. And also for the state in moving forward, one of the things that we are, we are lacking presently is the fact that trust has been lost. Mm. In governance, yeah, no longer uh, want to take government officials or government programs uh, with sincerity. And right now, we are talking about rebuilding Lagos. Uh, okay, after all the crises that had happened, yeah. who are we rebuilding for? What are we rebuilding for? Mm-hmm. It is very, very important that okay, people begin to see whatever is being built as something for them. Mm. You understand, mm-hmm. so that. In the future, we can all stand to protect those things. The reason why people wouldn't want to protect... Um, hello? 
Hello, I'm with you. Absolutely with you. The reason why the reason why people wouldn't want to protect um, public property is because they don't feel a sense of ownership. Because exactly what happened during the entire protest is absolutely evident. Because if, if they don't feel like mm, they didn't make it for us, so what's the point? So you vandalize everything and you destroy everything and you loot the shopping malls and you loot the stores because if you like, oh, it's for the rich. They obviously they don't. So it's an opportunity for them to take advantage. If that makes yeah, any point. institutions. <laughs> yeah. institutions. So sad what had happened. Yeah. I mean, tradition is something that you probably think that, oh, people hold sacred, oh, people don't want to touch, people don't want to talk about, mm-hmm. okay, this is our culture. Mm-hmm. But it, it got to a point that even people don't even see traditional institutions as, the, the, as, as something that protects their interest anymore. Yeah. Y- 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 you understand? So, I mean, so trust has been lost on every level but instead of people or those who are in government to have this attitude of labeling people to say that oh um these guys are woodlums these guys are these and these guys are that i think government needs to take it uh, uh, the back seat and begin to rethink its approach that it is about time that we make people genuinely see that we have a true passion to make the city a better place Mm. In some days ago, Okada men were reported as um, um, chasing away law enforcement officials where they wanted to stop them from flying the express. You know, it, it, there's a total disconnect because you are just seeing that you are just, they just feel that, oh, policies are, are being made to arm the urban poor, you understand, not to enhance their lives. So it, it, it's very, very important that you begin to look at yeah. this cadre of people. Mm-hmm. We become more transparent. You know, there's the rebuilding of um, Makoko that is supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. The government can only do that effectively with the inclusion of the people. Mm. Uh, you understand? Yeah. You know, not so many in times past we have seen. Otodogbame was destroyed, the poor people were chased away, and you now build luxury estates. Where do, where, where do you expect them to go? Where do you expect them to go? And these are people who claim as textural lineage. Yeah, to the, yes. yes you know, you know look, look at Eco Atlantic, the, the Bar Beach project. You know, yeah, the Great Wall of Lagos to prevent flooding, great idea. But a large expanse of land is now has been reclaimed for who? Hmm. 1% of the 1%. Hmm. So is that a housing solution for the city of Lagos? When you reclaim land back, yeah. you understand, in partnership with private individuals, you understand, and they are now to provide houses. So who are you providing? You are catering for 1% of the 1%. Wow. Someone... Any need. Yeah. Someone here is asking, how can we get your book? Yeah, thank you. Just <laughs> go to our website. I'm sorry to that. Just go to our website, Research in Lagos. Okay. Research in Lagos.org. Okay. So the button there, um, you see it, LUP book. Just click it. You, you can get a download of it. Of the book there. So there. There is the electronic copy. So www.researchinlagos.org. Okay. Um, there's the top button there, LUP, Lagos Urban Planning Book. Just mm-hmm. click on it, then you can download it. All right. All so right. It's something, it's a very, very um, refreshing material. Yeah. Uh, that I think um, young people, policymakers, need to sit down, look at, and um, let us all begin to have a fresh and a newer perspective. We cannot.
keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect a different, result. a different result. We have to change it. We yeah. have to we have to re look at it all over again. We, we are welcome to people's ideas, whatever they think. Uh, if you object to any of the ideas, it's fine. Just we were on um, Twitter, so you can you can just follow us on Twitter, Rethinking CI. Uh, you can send us a DM. We can send you the link. Okay. At Rethinking CI. Okay. Um, just send us a DM. We can send you a link. If you want a hard copy, also just send us a send us a DM or at Rethinking CI on Twitter. We'll send you a physical copy, a hard copy of the book. You could you could get it. All right. Thank you so much. Our guest today uh, has been Mr. Deji Akinkbelu. Uh, and uh, discussion, basically, the book review of um, Rethinking, uh, Debunking Myth and Stereotypes. And it's been an interesting conversation. We're going to do this again next week, Saturday, by God's Grace. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kafaya. Thank, Thank you. Much. Have a great day. Tell me a bye. All right. And that's it on the show today. We're going on a break.